Hey everyone and welcome back to another Class 1A podcast. Today it is going to be me and Dylan and Dylan, usually we do the opener, we do all that. I want to jump right to the chase and ask the big question of the episode. Is All For One even a good villain in My Hero Academia? Or even just compared to media overall? Do we love the villain that is the main one for our show? So I will say the short answer is no, he sucks and he's awful and he's not a good villain. The long answer, the long answer is, yeah, he's actually a really good villain. I would agree to that mostly. I, I, I do think that early on he is horrible. Um, we will be kind of moving into kind of where things are standing now. So there will be a spoiler warning on this entire episode. And before we dig in anything to our questions, um, this is going to be all the way up to the most recent manga chapter. So if you're not completely caught up, be very aware of that. Um, I'm not saying we're going to be doing chapter by chapter recaps of what's happening now, but AFO has changed dramatically as a character in the last 50 to 100 chapters of My Year Academia, which have not aired yet. Um, but also make sure to check out everything over on youtube.com slash class 1A. You can check out all our other My Year Academia content, but we want to jump right into this piece because honestly, Dylan, this episode could be 20 minutes. It could be 40 minutes. I have no idea how long this is going to go. It, it could be five hours. I yeah. could talk about AFO for five hours. And I think by the end of it, I'm going to convince basically everyone that AFO is a really good villain, but exactly. also that he's bad. So I don't want to waste too much time at the beginning. And yeah, my answer is very similar to Dylan's. Early on, he was horrible. And now he's starting to get pretty, pretty good. But I guess before we dig into the problems and kind of how he falls in the My Hero Academia universe, like... Let's just kind of compare them to, I, I mean, we have superhero movies, we have uh, anime we can compare them against, just general villains too. I mean, when looking at them in kind of the overall villain landscape, where do you think he kind of falls weak to? What are some people you kind of compare him to or what thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, so I think um, everyone's seen the image that's been floating around the internet for like a decade now of where it's like, you know, a bad villain is, you know, being bad for the sake of being bad and a good villain's a villain that you can sympathize with. So I think that AFO falls into the, he's just a bad guy to be a bad guy. He's just a force of evil and he has motivations, but his motivations are, is he just wants power and money or, or whatever. Like he just wants his ultimate thing. But I actually don't, don't think that makes him terrible. Um, I actually wholeheartedly reject the, uh, the opinion that like a good villain is some, is a villain that you can sympathize with. Mm. I actually think a good villain is a villain that fits the story that it's in. So AFO is not sympathetic at all, but I don't think Horikoshi's trying to write a sympathetic villain story for my hero. And so like, I, I think he wrote AFO just to be a big, bad, evil guy. I think that's fine, but he is just a big, bad, evil guy. Well, I think what kind of helps him out there too is that we actually have Tomura and All for One kind of as a dual protagonist to this series. Yeah. And he's writing both type of villains between the two of them. Shigaraki is starting to turn into more of the um, sympathetic protagonist. I mean, you're starting to see some of it. Deku saying, I want to save him. You're starting to see in some of the most recent chapters of where All for One does have control of his body now. Um, that, that's something that's kind of been happening recently, and Shigaraki isn't completely happy with it. So now you're starting to feel a little bit bad for Shigaraki here and there. Even though he's a horrible person, you're writing and getting that sympathetic aspect. So I think All for One is that pure, just bad guy with surprisingly small motives for someone that literally has every single quirk out there. See, I, I wouldn't say that right now we're sympathetic towards him. 
I think we're um what what what's the word like we're we're almost patronizing him or we see him as like almost pathetic, right? It's no. not like it's not like my heart hurts for Shigaraki because like you know he has the, the right uh, ideals in this and the way he's going about it is wrong. It's like my heart hurts for Shigaraki because he's the ultimate victim in this, right? Yeah. No. Um. I I think that's like the big distinction. Yeah, no. I really agree, and I think something that we'll dive into and something that I think's hurt all for one for me is. We have known about All for One for so long that having... This is a problem that I've seen with other kind of shows of all types of different media. Is When you know about the villain too long, it almost takes away from him because you can't have the villain be too strong early on. Um, and I think he didn't... I mean, he's done nothing the first five seasons. He showed up once. He lost a fight to the power of friendship. And that's all he's really done in the first five seasons of the actual anime that most people have kind of seen. As things have started going on, he's starting to get warmed up. But, I mean, if we didn't know about All for One until season four, and it was only, a, like, 150 chapters where he didn't do anything versus, what, are we at 300 now? Like, 150 chapters, he didn't do anything. And I think that's kind of the problem of where Naruto, I mean, they're our main villains, but, like, they kind of stagger them out. There's two or three main villains across Shippuden and uh, across the original series. With you... We really have two, and both of them are known very early on, so when they don't do much, it just kind of makes you like, ah, I'm more interested in someone like Overhaul. Overhaul has done 10 times more in a season of anime than Overhaul does. It has, I mean, than All for One has in the entire time we've known them. I think that's part of where the issue is with me early on. Well, uh, see, the way I view All for One early on is I think it is like a, a pacing issue or I, I guess like a series speed issue. Um, I think they started AFO out into the track of him uh, being something for a very slow series. Because uh, the way that we're introduced to AFO is he's a grand mastermind behind yep. all of this. He's setting everything up. And every time you see him on screen, you get, you know, you you get the uh, the the opera singer or whatever going with that scary music. And you literally see like the 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 terror field around everyone of being people being stunned because they are so in horror of this man. And I love that. I actually really like that a lot. But the series speed like went from zero to hundred really really quickly. I think that's fine, um, but I think that's what they were setting him up at the start. And because of that uh, that shift, I would say in speed, I think it kind of recontextualized it a little bit, and it made it feel a little bit off. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. And I think early on, I mean, he is the mastermind, so Shigaraki is really the hand that we see. And if mm -hmm. All for One showed up every single time Shigaraki did in the series we could be having a completely different conversation there. And I think part of where that comes now is that ultimately we saw so much Shigaraki early on with all for one in the background to kind of get the emotions we're feeling now towards Shigaraki and all for one there and kind of given that moment for Deku and kind of seeing a lot of similarities between Shigaraki and Deku. So if Shigaraki didn't show up all those times in the first couple of seasons, we don't build that relationship. So now that emotional kind of payoff that we're starting to feel now, not much, but that's starting to come to light wouldn't be the case so i think that's kind of part of the thing with having the dual protagonists is that yeah we didn't see much all for one early on but we saw a ton of shigaraki so we i mean it's almost having the kind of we had a conversation about both at once is the pair a good villain or kind of a good villain combo like that's a different story i think but with all for one yeah i i, I also think that all for one and all might are the training wheels of the show and what i mean by that is you have the ultimate good guy and the ultimate bad guy. 
and they're there to set the tone and to set the stage for the world. And then right when you start to get it and you start seeing Shigaraki go into his own and you start seeing Deku go into his own, you have to take those characters away. Take All Might away and you take uh, AFO away in that same exact fight. So now AFO is locked up in Tartarus and you have All Might being retired, right? So now there is no scapegoat, right? There is no AFO to save the day for the bad guys and there's no All Might to save the day for the good guys. Which is how it should have gone, but that's not the case right now. Well, it, it, isn't, it isn't now... But that's just because we had like, I wouldn't even say it's a retcon, but more of like a recontextualization of like what All for One was actually doing. Like I, I'm in the boat now of where I thought the uh, the Camino fight, all of that, I feel like it was totally planned at this point. Like I, I wouldn't, really? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past AFO of like, he needed to find a way to like remove himself from Shigaraki so Shigaraki could get this fire in him to push himself forward instead of, you know, leaning on AFO the whole time. And at the same time, putting himself in Tartarus, the one place where he needs to be to really create havoc by breaking everyone out. Like, I, I almost think it was planned. Like, it, 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 there are some bumps in it, but, like, if we had a chapter where AFO was like, oh, yeah, I, like, did all that, and, like, here's the plans I did, like, I wouldn't feel like it's a retcon, but more of, like, a, oh, of course, that's why things were falling in place like they did. Yeah. No, I that would actually be incredible. and actually bump him up a couple points in my kind of book um, if that was the case. But I mean, like, th think about how ridiculous it is. Like, he sent the League of Villains to take Bakugo so they could have an extra asset. Like, uh, sure, like, okay, that that sounds okay. Like, but but like on the scale of things that AFO cares about, like that, it just seems like a really weird thing for him to really care about to risk all of the League of Villains for this one event. Like, Bakugo's strong. Don't get me wrong, but I think AFO is more concerned about building Shigaraki up. Uh, for his ultimate end goal than he is building an army. E yes and no, I feel like to an extent. I mean, at that point, like we've known that AFO looked for multiple kind of bodies to be the next kind of reincarnation of him. We know that Dobby was kind of there at that point. We know Shigaraki, that he's tried other ones too. I mean, I, I, I don't believe that there wasn't a good reason. I think at that early on, the League of Villains were still kind of early on. I think he still thought he had the Nomus in the area as well to kind of take care of a lot of that. So I, I do think that it was there because of how quickly he showed up. Like if it really was, yeah. But if that was plenty, I, I kind of see where you're going there, but having Baku on the side, I mean, everyone in the league of villains was at some point kind of just a normalish person that kind of brought over the bad probably says something Baku go there and having him on that side would be a huge help. And obviously he's converted other heroes to villains before as well. So I, I do see how it could also make sense, but I could also see how it doesn't make much sense and it could be kind of a good setup there. So it's easy to see both sides, depending on what way you want to look at it. But holy shit, if that does come back and kind of get explained through, I mean, that, I think that makes him a good villain. Because I think that's one of the issues I have with him mm -hmm. is that he did nothing for two seasons. Then he lost in a fight to the power of friendship. Then he's done nothing again for two seasons. And now he's coming back, which... Could be a pacing issue. It could be whatever, but yeah, being I, an I, evil I, I, mastermind, I always, he hasn't accomplished anything. Yeah, I I think it's it, it's hard to see like all the interworkings, but everything oil always boils up to AFO. Everything, literally, ever like you cannot name an event in this series without it being tied to AFO in some way. Yeah. Entirety of vigilantes, True. all AFO stuff. Uh, the fact that overhaul. The fact that overhaul is where he's at right now 
is because of AFO. Because like he was in the same orphanage that um, uh, that Shigaraki was in, or was it Shigaraki? Yeah, yeah, like the the same orphanage, right? Like all, all and, and it was the orphanage that AFO ran. Like it was the orphan, or the one that Dobby was in. Sorry, so uh, Dobby and Overhaul were in the same orphanage. You know, Dobby was there after like his accident or whatever. But this this orphanage was run by uh, uh, the doctor. You know, as a part of a way to like try to get people recruited for that role of Shigaraki. Um, but AFO owned it, right? And so, like, the only reason why Overhaul was able to go to the Yakuza afterwards was because he was in that home itself. Like, all all of this does always boil up to AFO. Trigger always boils up to AFO. All the no moves, like, every single little tiny plan always points back to him in some way. I think the only character in the entire series that doesn't point back to him is probably Gentle. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. But... So all this, everything in the story and all vigilante, it all adds up together. And what is his big mastermind goal? It must be to take over the world, the universe even. No, I want to destroy the economy of Japan. That no, is that, wait, that's not it. That's that's not it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say basically here. what he said. No. I mean, I know how that can snowball into bigger things, but he said. His master plan was to destroy the economy of Japan and then didn't explain anything beyond that. So let, let me uh, let me paint the story of, of AFO and like what his ultimate thing is. So he starts off the series and he seems like he's a big, bad, evil guy and his body's deteriorating and he wants to pass his power along to Shigaraki. Yep. Um, and that's the narrative throughout the story. And once we start getting towards the end, we realize that he's not actually trying to give his power to Shigaraki, but instead he's trying to mold Shigaraki into the perfect vessel that could hold not only his entire like quirks, but his being itself. So he's just going to be a vessel for AFO. So AFO could really, really start using all of his powers. Now, the importance of that is because he's going to have the ultimate powers of, of everyone and all the quirks and everything, and that he is going to have this grand control over people because he wants to control the resources, which I think this is good because like if you control the resources, you control everything. That's his point. That's why he wants to collapse the economy and control resources. Because once you do that, you have the ultimate control. People want power. People want water. They have to go to him. Because at that point, it's not like a might versus might battle. Because if you don't have your basic necessities, you can do nothing but give in to him. And I think this is really good because it is the, the ultimate like silly comic book kind of villain, right? Of yeah. where you have like... Oh, hey Joker, why are you poisoning? Uh, you know the the water supply. I I don't know the poison the water supply, but like well, like yeah, and and that's the point. Like he he is actually doing something to lead to ultimate power, but it is also in like that silly, very classic comic book style, which I think Horikoshi very intentionally wrote because we know he loves old comics. So yeah, I, I know I I'm still a big fan of it, and because because here it is, here it is, here's the ultimate thing about him. He, uh, I'm going to say it because you, you know I love to say these things, but he is a metaphor. AFO is just a metaphor. And what is he a metaphor for? He's a metaphor for authoritarianism. He rules. Oh, God. He first, no, think about it. He first rules through power and might, right? This is the army that takes, that, that jumps in and gains power. Then he starts controlling the, the, the economy of that place, getting all the resources so the people have to go and, 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 and look towards him for the sole source of power and what is the one thing he fears the one thing he fears is people rising up with the hero's spirit against him he he knows he can defeat anyone individually but if people get that 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 hero's spark within them and they start rising up that's the one thing that we know he does not want and that's why he tries to crush everyone with fear 
It, it's right there, Andrew. It's right there. It's good. It's a good. It's a good villain. It is, but for a series that people have been invested in for how many years now, for them just to be a comic book villain doesn't feel good. Like his name is literally all for one. Like, couldn't his master plan have been like, "Oh, my body wasn't strong enough. I want to have this perfected body. Like, I'll be able to do some stupid thing to take every quirk in the world." Or it's like. Something that just makes a little bit more like, I don't know. Like, obviously, you could see the faults. I understand where you were going with that, but like, the world government isn't just going to leave that be. Like, but if he takes the quirks from everyone in the world, or if he takes, if like, kind of what one of your ideas is, if all for one and one for all kind of merge, it destroys all quirks. Like, oh, what instead? Like, if all for one got it, he can then take quirks from everyone. Like, maybe that still could be. We don't know what the relationships are. We don't know exactly why he wants it. There may be more reasoning behind that, but wouldn't that be like, oh, I, now that I have the perfected body and the final quirk I needed in my thing, I will now be able to, at will, take any quirk in the world without even having to be there. Like, well, I mean, that, I, I think they could still build that in. Like, it could, they, yep. that, that, has, that door hasn't been closed because we, we don't know exactly why he wants the ultimate form. Like, we know it has something to do with, like, um, his body being a little bit frail because of quirk singularity of, like, once you have too many quirks, it fights in on itself. So once he has his perfect body, he can just start taking quirks from sure. people. And that could be it. And I think that would help a lot, too. Like, I agree. He's starting to become more dangerous. He feels like a villain. He almost feels unbeatable at this point, which is how I like to feel. I mean, there's always some kind of bullshit of why the heroes come around and win in the end. But, like, this for the first time in the entire series in the manga, it feels like he's unbeatable. The heroes are against the wall. Like things have to start changing and every kind of moment matters here. So when you see someone like uh, burning gets injured last chapter and stuff kind of like that, uh, though that all means so much more to me because like shit, there's already so few heroes there and even losing someone like a sidekick burning is a huge devastating blow. So it makes everything feel more impactful because of how big and bad he feels now, which I do like and why he's coming around on me. Yeah, but I mean, like, he only needs to be big, bad, and strong. Because, like, the, the story that Horikoshi is writing here is one where Deku needs to find out what does it actually mean to be a hero? Like, like it's not just about saving people, but what does it actually mean? AFO doesn't need to be this, like, sympathetic, like, like a masterfully written uh, villain that we, we are in love with to get that point across. In fact, I think it's the opposite. Like, it would take away from Deku's journey if we're, like, thinking about the villain how great it is or whatever like just like give us give us the essence here of like what Deku is going through and I and I think to, to get that out you just need that big bad evil guy yeah so I think we kind of merged together some of our points here kind of as AFO good villain um AFO versus Star versus now kind of talking about that I mean any last kind of points there I think so one of the other main things we kind of need to talk about is kind of the League of uh, Villains relationship a little bit. I mean, I think that's just kind of all hazy or like we have our topic list still. And is there anything else you want to kind of touch on specifically in those three? Um, or I know yeah, you kind I, of have your reboot idea. We need to go through at some point as well. Yeah. So I, I did want to talk a little bit about Shigaraki because I think that is like what the ultimate villain villainry. Yeah. The ultimate villainry behind AFO is this like betrayal of Shigaraki without Shigaraki even really knowing. Uh, Cause the whole time we, we're picking up pieces that AFO is really bad, but like, you know, maybe he has a soft spot for, for Shigaraki. But as we're going through, we're seeing that his tendrils literally go in every single place. And I think the, the big reveal to us was when we got the flashback uh, to when Shigaraki was a kid. And we see this, this scene 
uh, of where he's a normal kid and he's out and he's playing and it's like man returns him to his, his family. And that's all we see. There's like no context there or anything. It's kind of a weird scene. Um, and then shortly after that is when he starts getting decay. We can start to put the pieces together to be like, oh, well, maybe that was AFO. Like we didn't see his face. Maybe AFO gave him decay. And then recently in the Dobby chapter, we saw uh, AFO approach Dobby as that same man in a trench coat hat. So we can like definitely confirm that he was the one that put all those pieces in place for Dobby or uh, for for Shigaraki just to self implode on himself essentially, and to create to create his own tragic backstory. And I don't know. I I, I think like as we're going through and we're seeing that like AFO actually doesn't have a soft spot for anyone. Everyone is just a puppet to him. Just makes him more and more cruel. Like makes him more and more evil. And like yeah, he is just pure evil for the sake of being evil, but. I'd be super interested to see, like, did he do this to the doctor at all? Like, we've seen him, we see him betray everybody. Like, he he has not been honest with anybody in any sort of light. Is that true for the doctor, too? Like, is the, is the doctor the only one that he has, like, confided with on, like, almost like an equal playing field? Or, like, is there more manipulation there, too? Yeah. And and I, I actually really do kind of like the whole Shigaraki kind of relationship. Because, yeah, early on, we thought he had a weak spot, like, we thought like, oh, it's going to be the two greats from the previous generation handing off their quirks and their powers the next generation once they're both ready. And I actually kind of liked that it was kind of derailed from that, that it went a different way and it went with Shigaraki kind of being a puppet more there too. So like, oh no, like all this kind of we thought, we always thought Shigaraki was going to be the big bad when really all for one is still going to be the big bad in the end, which I did kind of like that. But he's like, oh, this kind of another common trope of like two, like, previous mentors that hated each other. Now they're uh, the next generation of their trainees are going to fight. Like that's not, that's kind of been done a little bit already before. So even though it still would have been a great story, I do like that kind of relationship there and knowing how much, yeah, it is no joke when saying that all for one has been planning this shit for years, which is almost why Camino makes sense. And, and all that, that I, I do think nothing kind of passes his mind, which also goes back to me not loving what his end motive is but it does make him a better villain. But that's that's all I got for him unless uh I I, I unless you want to jump right into the reboot. Yeah, I mean, I I'm trying to think if I have much else on him. I mean, now let's let's talk about the reboot. That might kind of spark some more things based off what you're saying there. So, like I said, overall, I actually do think AFO is a really good villain for the series. I think he plays his role exactly how he needs to play it. But think about the future. Think about 100 years from now. People are like, oh, do you remember my hero? Maybe we should reboot that. And I he, here's how I think AFO should be written then. So one of the big themes that we see in the story a lot is hero society is not as good as you think it is. Um, we see a lot of instances of where it looks very dirty on its like uh, like underside. Um, we see that technology isn't really advancing at all. Like all, all these signs point to this society is not good. Like this is not the correct way things should be. And we carry on like it is. And I think that's like a big part about the series. And I think Deku finding that out would be really interesting. So we, we, we see him kind of discover these things, but he doesn't really dig deep into it. So if AFO, what if instead his role was almost like an anti-mentor um, or he was like a mentor for the other side? And so the entire series was written more of like Deku being force-fed these realizations uh, from AFO. 
So, you know, he's put into a situation where he has to confront the fact that Endeavor, the now number one hero, actually abused his family and is a really bad guy. And, and, and AFO is pointing to that and being like, Deku, do you not see that, like, this is what ultimate power does to people? Like, this is, the, this is supposed to be the greatest hero in Japan, and this is how he treats his family. Like, what do you think about that? And you're and you're having uh, Deku go back to All Might and being like, Oh my, what like what's going on? And it's like push and pull of like All Might trying to reassure Deku, like, no, like heroes are a good thing. We're here to be here, be here and protect people. And AFO is like, no, this society is bad. He puts overhaul in front of him, not as like an, an obstacle uh, to, to you know get, to get uh, the eerie power or whatever, but he puts him in front of Deku to say like, look at this man. This is a man that knows this conviction and is going forward with it. And he keeps putting these things in front of Deku of being like, you know, what about the manor? Uh, with, with um, I, I, I forget what they call the uh, the mutant quirks. Um, but you had this, like, group of, like, literal, like, racists who were against these, uh, uh, these, these people with, like, mutation quirks. Mm-hmm. What if Deku, what if he, what if he pushed Deku into that situation to meet these people? And he had to be like, Deku, there are people that just, like, hate these mutants, like, these are citizens like maybe maybe one of them is unveiled and it's someone that he knows maybe it's a teacher at ua and he's like this is supposed to be a, you know like like a pinnacle of, of hero community and he is like against these mutant quirks and, and deku keeps running into these situations and that's the interesting thing that's why we sympathize with afo when afo finally says like i'm gonna take control because this society is is awful if they treat his people awfully I have the power to take people's quirks and to run this society. Deku, you should do this with me. And not only is that more interesting because we sympathize with AFO now because he's doing this because he sees that society is bad. You still keep the you still keep the theme of authoritarianism because that's what it is behind all of this of like someone saying that society is bad and we need a dictator to take over and to to run things. So you keep that theme there, and also. It, you know, this pitch goes directly to Horikoshi. I know he's going to love this because that's even better because this is literally the Darth Vader Luke kind of dilemma here. And you play more into that, right? Of more of like, Deku, join the dark side with me and we're going to rule all this together for the better. Uh, and, and you paint him more as like the, the literal Darth Vader of the series because I know Horikoshi loves the Star Wars and he'll love that. But you also make him more sympathetic. And then you have this like great tearing in the middle of like, what does Deku do? And we keep the original theme of what does it mean to be a hero because Deku is struggling with this the whole time of like, what does it mean to be a hero if hero society is shit? How do I actually become a real hero? And the story could still end the same exact way that it's going to end now. Him, you know, him saving Shigaraki and defeating All for One or whatnot and finding out what does it actually mean to be a hero. But like, it's a more interesting take on it. And I think it's a little bit different. I don't, I don't think it's inherently better, but I really like this take because it paints AFO as like this sympathetic guy that you can actually understand why is he doing all of this because it makes sense because hero society sucks and we need to confront that in a very very like deliberate way i fuck with that hard honestly i i really like some of that i think one could help with some pacing issues i feel like outside of the battles and the big villain moments there's really not much to really kind of focus on the students besides training because it's very White versus black, good versus evil. It's very straightforward. Like, we got to defeat the bad guys, so we got to train when we're not doing that. But if you have that kind of stuff, like, okay, that gives Deku to go have something to look into between battles. Like, it gives, gives him some time. I mean, it gives us something more to focus on during the rogue arc, even for Deku as well. I mean, mm-hmm. looking at it from the, sugar, uh, the All Might side, yeah, I know you kind of pitching that there, but even with 
Deku's story and makes it better on that side as well because the Rogar, he left because he didn't want anyone else to get hurt. But like, what if also he really wanted to kind of see both sides from his own eyes and make his own decisions there without either one really influencing him, all might or all for one. Um, and getting, and you can have some really good chapters there too of where he sits, like he gets chances to talk with villains more. I mean, he tried to do that a little bit with uh, muscular of kind of asking why, like, why are you doing this? And he didn't do that, but maybe there's a couple other smaller ones that people don't know, or someone that was locked up in Tartarus for 30 years, saw the worst of it. Now he's just happy to be free and wants to be kind of turning a new leaf and having a conversation with Deku there. So I think that one helps with a lot of the pacing issues in my hero academia, where there's nothing happening between these big showcase events besides the little fun events here and there. And two, I, I agree. It does make all for one, a much more consistent part throughout the entire story without taking away anything from Shigaraki. Every single Shigaraki scene can still happen, and these all-for-one Deku moments are kind of off the side, so it makes him better, it makes you feel more for him, it still allows Shigaraki to have his growth, and it gives Deku more, kind of more dilemma, I mean, make some relate more to Deku, I mean, Bakugo, and kind of go more on the gray path, and like, oh, he's the one that might kind of flip instead of Bakugo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the one thing I really really like about this kind of pitch is it just underscores the main theme of like what does it mean to be a hero and yeah. and hero society sucks and i feel like the, the 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 part about hero society sucking is a very like it's an undercurrent in the series i feel like it's something that is like very easy to miss if you're not like if, if you're not incredibly incredibly tuned in and constantly reading and watching it like us um it's like a very easy theme just to like very quickly brush past yeah I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think fuck, that's better than anything else I could have came up with. So I'm glad I'm glad we both didn't come into that because I wouldn't <laughs> be able to do that. I thought I think that's great. Yeah. And like I was saying, I think it helps with some of the issues of the series. Um, and the series still isn't over. I mean, obviously, Vigilante is coming to an end. The kind of the part where All for One was included in there. Not much really changed my opinion. All for One from the Vigilante series. Completely worth the read for totally different reasons. But that didn't really have an impact on me. But I'm assuming we still have a good amount of chapters left for my hero academic series whole. I still think there's going to be more reveals with all for one here. Cause we still, he's becoming a bigger part of the series, but I still don't feel like we spent too much time with him or really learned much more about him. So I feel like there'll be more, maybe the reveals you're talking about even. So I, I, I mean, feel we, like we all the reveal, the real reveal is that he's Deku's dad. No, he's not. Oh my he God. Has if... to be. He has to be. Why would he be the Darth Vader type? Right? Like, Come on, he has to be. I don't know how I feel about that, but I do feel like by the end of this series, we will have so much more to talk about with All for One in the next 50 to 100 chapters. I think a lot's going to change, um, and there's going to be a lot of moments that we'll have to maybe follow up with the sun after the series comes to an end. But right now, he's getting better. I think we both can agree to that. Early on, he sucked. Now, he is getting to be a much, much better villain that's actually fun to be around. What's what's the final verdict? What's the final verdict? He is in. If I had, can we only pick good or bad? Yes, I mean you can you can you can use other adjectives, but I'll say he's a good villain because of where I think his trajectory is leading. Okay. Right now I, he's an okay villain. I think right now, not even where he's going, but right now, I think he is the perfect villain for this series. All right. Oh, you're, you, your head's up in the clouds a lot higher than mine. So you're, you're generally thinking about things way past me. But I think that's it. I'm, I'm really curious to hear what a lot of people think 
Um, I know we kind of jumped around. We're just kind of talking from thing to thing too. I'd love to hear what people thought about where he stands as a good or bad villain. Uh, if you are all the way up in the manga, how you kind of feeling things are thinking now, or even what do you think about Dylan's all for one reboot? I mean, I think I love the idea. Some people might not as much or what ideas you have. So really whatever thoughts you have about this episode, we talked about a lot of things, drop them down in the comments below. We'd love to kind of talk. We'll probably do community posts. We kind of can talk about some of the stuff there as well on, over on youtube.com slash class one, a pod. So make sure to check out all that as well. But Thank you all so much for listening for a little bit of a longer episode, but I think it was completely worth the length. So thank you all. We will be back next Saturday with another Demon Slayer episode and have a great week.